We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is May 2nd, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's up? What's up? What's up, bro? Oh, hey, what's up? Uh... Sorry, my uh, brain not, is uh, not not functioning properly. Well, it's a big week for me personally. Not that anybody cares, but I'll tell you because you care. Uh, I uh, start at my uh, new job tomorrow for a software company, right? Or today as you guys are listening to this. And then in two days from now, uh, on Wednesday, Lauren and I will be finding out the gender of our baby. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. It's a big week, and then we've got a month till we move to Florida. So everything we're we're slowly Lauren has slowly started kind of packing up the house. You know, battling a toddler that's ripping stuff out of out of suitcases that she's put stuff in already in boxes and all that fun stuff. So it takes a little longer when you have children to pack, as uh, I know that you know uh, all Packing too well. Sucks, dude. Yes. So so yeah, Lauren's kind of done that through the day. We've got about a month till we move, so we're uh, getting all of our ducks in a row here. Cool man. Well, I hope and, all uh, that goes well. You've got a you've got a baby now, so there's got a that baby. News. Well, I got another baby now. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. another baby now. Little boy that we uh, brought into the world on the 27th. Um, first of all, just really appreciate everybody, you know, kind of reaching out and you know, kind words and congratulations. It's been awesome, and he's been great so far. Knock on wood, he's been our calmest, best sleeper. Mm. Um, but Love yeah, that. three kids just hits different. I'll, I'll say that. It's, not, kids, man, it's not man to man anymore. Rough. It's not. But now, like the girls are going crazy. You know, they're not listening to Carmen earlier. She's like screaming at him. Me and him are in here, and we're just like, bro, these <laughs> chicks are crazy. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. So you can relate. It's, now. Uh, it's been great. Yeah. You have a you have someone to to relate to. Got somebody to vent to. You know, right? Just absolutely. Me, me and my little man now. So it's been awesome. But yeah, uh, we have a very very special episode this week for you guys. Uh, Dante Marcatelli. Works for the Orlando Magic in Bally Sports, Florida. Bally Sports Magic, covering the team, does all the uh, you know sideline reporting and you know, post game, pre game. As Everything. you guys know, everyone knows who Dante is. I know, <laughs> but he was awesome. You know, we talked about this season, 
looking ahead. Just always great to talk to Dante, have him on the show. Really, really appreciate the time. Before we get to that, though, we do have a couple of housekeeping items as, as we go through each week. Um, Luke, new look to the show. New logo. Mm-hmm. New everything. New offseason, new us. Yeah. Same Mito. Shout out mm, to LaMelo Ball. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you guys like the logo, which a lot of people do, which is a good thing to hear, um, thesixmanshow.com. Uh, you can find some new merch, some shirts, some hoodies, a polo, an embroidered polo, if you're into that kind of thing. If you guys want to grab one of those, always appreciate the support. But we also have a very amazing group of people that uh, help financially support the show every single month, our patrons. And you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash the six man show we have a brand new patron this month luke ryan singh longtime supporter of the show he actually came out to our watch party at friendly confines uh, at altamont springs back in march it was good to meet ryan after talking to him on social media for a few years but big shout out to ryan thank you so much for the support man we really appreciate that and then we also shout out every single one of our patrons each week so shout out court cousins drew gooden armin Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Julio, Bailey, Matt Lyman, Eric Segovia, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, and last but not least, Ryan Singh. Thank you guys so much. Coming up on May the 17th, it is a Tuesday. That is going to be the night of the NBA Draft Lottery. We will be at Harry Buffalo, downtown Orlando. Make sure that you guys come and hang out. We're putting together some pretty cool things, some trivia, some giveaways. We're even giving away a free autographed Franz Wagner Orlando Magic jersey. So if you guys want to be interested in winning that, make sure that you guys come out to the draft party or the lottery party. It was a lot of fun last year. It's going to be even more fun this year. We're trying to do it bigger and better. And hopefully uh, we end up with a, a, a top pick, which would be really great. And speaking of the lottery... The last thing that we're going to do, Luke, before we get into the uh, interview with Dante Marcatelli, we're going to go through our weekly Tankathon, tankathon.com, where you can sim the NBA draft lottery, see how the Magic end up. If you need a reminder, the Magic do have a 52.1% chance of ending up in the top four. They have a 14% chance of ending up number one overall, and the Magic can fall as low as sixth in the lottery order. I'm going to go ahead and sim the lottery now, and the Magic end up with the sixth freaking pick. With the Spurs jumping up eight spots to number one, the Knicks of all teams jumping up nine spots to number two, and the New Orleans Pelicans receiving the pick from the Lakers to jump up five spots to number three, and Detroit jumped to number four to end up with the fourth pick. Houston Rockets at five, and then the Magic at sixth. Lovely. We do this every week, and I do this most days. I haven't done it the last few days with reasons. But, uh, yeah, mm. we just end up sixth way too much for my comfort. It's really going to suck if, if that's the case. Yeah, I'd rather not, to be honest with you. You know, it's really just a miracle that we didn't fall to sixth last year. We were in mm. the exact same you know, position, basically. Yeah. And you end up, you end up at five. You know, just uh, you know, two teams skipping ahead there. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is at this point hoping for some better results the actual night of the lottery. I'm just looking forward to the day that we're recording this, and I get the number one pick on like the live recording of the show because that yeah. has not yet happened, I believe. I think we've gotten two a few times, three, but we haven't gotten one yet. 
No. Most of the time it's five and six, it feels like. Yeah, it does feel like that. So, All right, folks, we are going to now get into the interview with Dante Marcatelli. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Orlando Magic fans, we are now joined by a very special guest, Bally Sports Florida uh, broadcaster, Dante Marcatelli. Dante, thanks for uh, coming back to the show, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys? Who's, so who's the special guest? Come on now. Come on now, Dante. I'm happy to be with you guys, but I can't wait to meet this person. Let's go. Uh, you you have a lot more uh, clout, as the, the kids say around uh, you know Orlando Magic fans, that I think you, you uh, understand think and, so. there's, and care it's, to realize. It's the star of this segment. You might have heard of it, uh, A Moment with Dante. That's, oh, yeah, that's yeah, who that is. I love that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's no uh, is this anything, but it's uh, yeah. we've had fun. We've had fun putting that together. I appreciate it. Thank I don't you. know. It's def- This season, it was definitely one of the highlights of the broadcast for me. Oof, not the product man, on the floor it was not <laughs> it was tough this was a this was a long year it was a it was a hard year but i think i think we kind of all knew it was going to be right i think mm. we kind of knew it had the potential uh kind of going down this road that we could take our lumps this year and i think we did we certainly did but uh, i think a lot of positive things came out of it and i think they'll be better off for it now we find out here in a couple of weeks how just how good it was to go down this road right when we come up to the draft lottery well, last year uh, we found that it wasn't as quite as good as we had hoped. I mean, right. it's kind of hard to argue with the results, the two young guys that we ended up with. But the night of the lottery was definitely didn't go the way that we had wanted it. But Dante, you mentioned that there were, you know, we suffered our lumps and we we took our medicine, as they say. But there definitely were some bright spots to the season for for the Magic. To you, what was the 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 biggest surprise for the Magic this season? Man, I think that's a good question. I, I you know, I, I think one of my favorite things about the mo- about the season was Markel Fultz coming back. I, I think that to me was, but I don't know that that was a surprise, right? Because I think we knew once he got out there on the floor, we know Markel can play. Just is he going to be healthy? Is he going to be able to end the season on his terms? So I don't know that we were as surprised by by his great play. I, I don't, me personally, I don't know 
what we expected out of France, right? I mean, I, I just don't know that we, we thought he had a chance to be a solid role player. We thought he had a chance to, you know, be in the mix, be a solid starter, be a contributor on this team. I don't think we had any idea he'd be a candidate for Rookie of the Year. I don't think we had any idea that for probably several months he'd be our best player, hands mm-hmm. down our best player on the floor, right? So I don't think, to me, he was the biggest surprise. We saw a little bit out of Wendell Carter last year to be like, okay, this guy can play and maybe he can get up to – you know, 12, 13 points a game and nine rebounds. He went 15 and 10, right? So he, he had himself, uh, I thought, a fantastic year. But to me, you know, you didn't know what you'd get out of Suggs. And, you know, he had his ups and downs. And I thought after the injury, he was much better. But to me, the guy that was consistent from start to finish, and me, I didn't follow him in college. I literally knew nothing about him. Eighth overall pick. Uh, they said, uh, you know, everyone said he's, he's a guy that's probably not going to do one thing really, really well, but does everything well, but doesn't really excel at one thing. He excelled at everything, in my opinion. So that, that for me, was it, Franz Wagner. Dante, what did you think of the, like, Rookie of the Year finalists and Franz being omitted from that? How did, how did you feel about that? I had a big problem with it, but I, but I you know, I, I think we got to go back to why, you know, how we do this thing, right? Because obviously wins and losses come into it. If you, if you if you don't factor wins and losses into it, his numbers are comparable with anybody. So certainly he's right there in the running. So now you're saying, okay, Franz Wagner as a rookie couldn't get this team to 35, 40 wins. Well, how can he? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you were to swap Franz Wagner out, and again, this is no knock on Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley or Cade Cunningham, if the roles were reversed and you put those guys on this team, probably going to have similar numbers to what they had now. It might even be worse, uh, in my opinion. So I, I think all of those guys are playing with all-stars, are playing with, uh, you know, they were on playoff teams, two of them, Scotty Barnes, who wins it. You know, if, if Scotty Barnes doesn't have the luxury of playing with Siakam, Van Vliet, Ananobi, do, you know, is, does he put up the same numbers? So I, I just, I think it's skewed the way they look at it. I don't think the national media is watching the Magic, you know, and, and I understand, you know, they win 22 games, so they're they're not paying attention. But if you're going to vote, you have to be as versed on Franz, Vog, Franz Wagner as you are on Evan Mobley and Scotty Barnes. You, you have to do your research. And I, I, to me, they didn't do it. Not to say he should have won it, because we feel he should have won it here in Central Florida, but he should have been a finalist, and he should have yeah. been in the running. In my opinion, top three easily, and uh, you know, I, I think he was he was as valuable as any of those guys. And I, I think Dante, the the other thing that you know, you said, you know, the, obviously the Magic just didn't have the wins for Franz yeah. to be up there. But Jonathan mentioned this recently, and it's no secret, right? Cade Cunningham, the number one pick overall, his team has a one more win. I mean, Franz, his statistics, like they, I, I Franz obviously may, could have made an argument for himself, but because he was the eighth pick and not the first pick, you see him not get that love either. So take take wins yeah. out of the equation, and it's just the stereotypical like, oh, he's the number one pick. So like, do we put the eighth pick in or him? And it's like, oh, well, it's a no brainer. We're gonna put him in there. But like you said as well, Dante, like, you know, you put these guys on the Magic. Is the record the same? It might be worse. Just how these guys play. Cade definitely needs the ball, right? He's he's a right. he, when he is one day a star, it's going to be because he is that guy that just demands the ball. He's going to get to the basket. He can facilitate just fine. All of those things. But with Franz, you see him making backdoor cuts, getting himself open. I mean, exceptional cutter for a rookie, especially, and you know, doing things that just makes him a team player. And I, I think that's a good point too. I, I think that yeah. absolutely. 
Yeah, and I think those guys, and not to say those other guys are selfish because they're not. Right. I think they're all, I think it's a great crop. I think it's mm-hmm. an unbelievable draft class. Mm-hmm. But Franz is so unselfish, and, and I think he could have put up numbers. He could have shot the ball more. He could have forced it more. Yep. And, you know, if he was after points, if he was after whatever statistics, but that's not his game. He's out there to win and make the winning play. And I think if he had, you know, you look at his assists, assists are down. Well, if guys made shots, you know, the last year, what, 29th or 30th in field goal percentage and three-point percentage. There's a lot of guys on this team that could have had a lot more assists. Markel right. being one of them, you know, mm-hmm. it just if, if, if we, we struggle to make shots this year. So uh, he was penalized for that. So those numbers aren't as high as they could have been. But I, I, I think not knowing what to expect from him and coming in, if you were just to take all the records out of it, you know, you have Scotty Barnes has those. You know, he has those highlight reel dunks. He's had big plays. He he plays on both ends of the floor. Well, so does Franz. And I think you can you can hide behind. Well, look, Scotty Barnes helped the Raptors make the playoffs, and he did. No question about it. He's an unbelievable talent, and maybe he deserves to be Rookie of the Year. I, I have no problem with that. Um, but Franz, he, he should have been in the equation, and at least you know he'll make All Rookie Team and. And I think there's, you know, that's a that's an unbelievable feather in his cap, but he should have been one of the finalists, in my opinion. So if he doesn't make the rookie team, we're all jumping in Dante's car, <laughs> driving to Secaucus to the yes. league office, knocking that on the I door. Have an enormous problem with, yeah. because then you gotta just re, you gotta redo the whole thing uh, yeah. as far as who does the voting, right? I mean, you gotta. I think you have to do that, but I you can hide behind the wins and losses. And Cade Cunningham, as you mentioned, Luke, he's number one pick, so he's going to get all the notoriety. So if you have to choose between Cade or Franz, you're going to go with the number one pick. But all of this being said, the fact that he's in the conversation, the fact mm. that we're talking about it, the fact that he was at the the rookie challenge, you know, I I think that was. You know, it just all bodes well for the Magic future. I mean, you had Cole Anthony there. You had Jalen Suggs there. The Magic will, were well, well represented in the Rising Stars Challenge. I think that bodes well for the future, and Franz is a huge part of that. Cade Cunningham averaged 30 more touches a game, averaged two more points than Franz. I just want to throw that little last tidbit <laughs> yeah, out there before exactly. we move on. exactly. I know. Well, he's handling the basketball, and his assists are up, and his rebounds are up. I think Franz, you know, Franz will do a better job of rebounding next year, but he shot better. He had better percentages than him. He was one of the best free-throw shooters of, of any rookie. Uh, and then you look at, you know, David Steele did a couple of, you know, we mentioned Is This Anything. He did a couple of Is This Anythings where – there was four or five categories, and the only one that was in all of them was Franz. I mean, so you can, you you know, as we know about analytics, you can make the numbers work uh, to wherever you want to. We but do it all the he time. Was, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you have to do it. But he was, he was very productive. And then I look at it like this. Okay, that team won 22 games, so how much of an impact did Franz have? Franz wasn't there. I, they might win 12, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he was such a critical part of... Of this team's success, and there are a couple of couple of wins that could have been had that, that got away. So I I don't I, I you, you got to really think about how they you know how they determine these things. And you now you make the same thing about MVP, right? When we hear that and all these, you know, what is it? What are we actually what are we actually voting on? But uh, hey, you know what? It's good to have a guy that's that's in the conversation, and hopefully, you know, this time next year we've added another one uh, that's in the conversation. I, I want to ask you, Dante, every time we wake up and it's Magic Game Day, obviously you're prepping. You're doing far different things than I'm doing, right? I'm just thinking emotionally about the game. I'm not preparing notes <laughs> by any means. But in the same respect, I am. I wake up and I'm like, man, I can't wait to watch X player play tonight for the Magic, right? Like We, we all have those players in our head. Don't say X we, player. Just say Wendell. 
Okay, I was getting that <laughs> for Luke so, Wendell. Yes, yes, so mine yes, is, is Wendell, right? So, but I want to know Dante for you. Who's the guy that you, like you wake up? You know it's Magic Game Day. You're prepping your notes. Who is the guy that that you are most excited about to watch take the floor? Did it change throughout the season for you? Um, kind of what did you think about that? That's a great question because I, I think when the season started for me it was Cole, mm-hmm. and, and not that I I just wait, I still go into every game. He can have one of those games where he yeah. just takes over, and he's he's so such a dynamic player, and he's he doesn't lack for confidence. He has supreme confidence, and he wants the ball in his hands, and he wants to be great, and he has no problem taking the last shot, the big shot, come what may, if he makes it or misses it. And I think that guy, you know, and he had times this year. I, 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 you know, obviously, uh, you know, with the injuries, I mean, he never quite, quite regained what he had at the beginning of the season. But when he started the year and came out of the gates 27 and 5, I mean, that, that was electric. I mean, that, he was mm-hmm. playing fantastic basketball as good as anyone. You know, he was the best player on this team to start the season, probably for the first month or two. Um, and then injuries kind of came along. And, you know, at times he was forcing it. And at times the shot wasn't falling and he was trying to get back. So I was. What's he going to do today for me, right? He has the big game in New York, right? I, that was unbelievable. You win. He's got his mom sitting courtside on her birthday. I mean, it was like it was like movie type stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was that that first month, month and a half. I, I you know I really enjoyed what he was bringing to it. And then obviously he's always great to talk to. Um, but then you're right, Luke. I'm with you. It shifted to Wendell, where it became man. This guy, you know, and Franz is in there too. And you know, mm-hmm. Jalen had his ups and downs. Then he got hurt. But it became, you know, this Wendell isn't afraid of anybody. And he won me over for life uh, mm-hmm. when he asked Coach Mosley if he could just guard Joel Embiid straight up. You know, I mm-hmm. appreciate you sending double teams. And, you know, and if I, and if I get screened maybe. But there was a, a certain point during that game against the Sixers where he, he just yelled, no more, no more. I got him. I got this. And I thought, you know, I get to stick my head in those huddles. And I was like, man, oh, this, I, got, yeah. I got goosebumps. I'm like, yeah. this guy's a gamer, like the ultimate gamer. He yeah. does it. He wants it. He feels he can shut him down by himself, and he well, did. And that was yeah. a, that was that was a big reason that they that they were in that basketball game and should have won before it went to overtime. But I just and, love his I just love his competitiveness. Yeah, and and Dante, you mentioned you know him, you know, Wendell basically saying like or saying, I don't want the doubles anymore. Like I yeah. I got it right. I, and that's the type of player you want. And and you don't maybe some people don't realize kind of the I don't know if it's an ego or what it is, but Joel Embiid and Draymond Green. Um, Joel was on Draymond's podcast, I believe, sometime recently, and Draymond was talking about locking up Joel Embiid, and Joel said, "Yeah, whatever. I mean, why don't you just stop calling for doubles, and and we'll, you know, then we can talk, pretty much." Yeah, and Dray- right, Draymond, right. of course, you know, refuted that and was like, "I, I, I don't call for doubles. I don't do that." So it is interesting, like the the who's who of defensive players. They kind of like stars around the league note that, right? Like if you call for doubles, you're a little weaker than this other guy. And so it is refreshing that Wendell is is essentially just manning up to the point where, you know, I'm I'm earning my stripes and this is what I'm gonna do. I don't want any help. So that's well, you I mean, said it. Incredible. You said it, man up, right? I mean, man up. That's what yeah. Yeah, I grew up in the age where it was you know, these guys were clotheslining each other and knocking them <laughs> down. And, you know, it was physical. You took pride on the defensive end, and you didn't want to let your man score. He's a throwback. He's one of those guys. And, you know, not to say the others aren't, but he does it different. And he wants to do it on his own. And I think so you've got that. You've got that. You've got that heart, that competitive fire on the defensive end. And then what we got from him offensively, I don't know that we expected that. 
to this level, right? And I think, you know, 15 and 10, and then yeah. you throw in the assists and the three-point percentage, and it's like four guys in the league that put up those numbers. So now you know, okay, this guy can this guy be an 18, 19-point-a-game guy? You know, and then you look at, you know, he's get locked up. He's locked up for the next three or four years. I mean, that's mm-hmm. an incredible job at by this front price. office. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, to help the rest of your team, and so mm-hmm. it, it was a. They, uh, he he became both ends of the floor, and then he found his voice at some point this year, right? So he's talking to the guys in the locker room, and you know, talked to him at halftime, and he's like, "I'm fixing to go in here and tell him we got to be better than this." You know, he kind of so he became a voice in the locker room as well. He's a leader. He's a leader. He's a winner, and we got him here for a while. And I, I think that guy's that guy's Magic fans are going to love Wendell. We just gotta we find him some glasses. goggles. I don't know why yes. we can't get the goggles right. Yes. How do we not get the guy that can't stay on his face? Then they break. He didn't like him at first, but he ended up. I think. Yeah. I think he warmed up to him. And next year, he said he's going to have all different colors and sizes. I mean, yeah. he's going to be. He's going to be off the rails the with horse, probably a little the bit. The horse goggles. Year. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get like that. It. In fact, he wants to talk to Horace to find out what he used. Oh, that would be amazing. I think is great. Yeah. I would love I think that. That's cool. Dante, I wanted to switch gears just a little bit. I, I don't know how much you pay attention to Orlando Magic Twitter and, and social media and kind of the rivalry that is has grown between Magic fans and, and Raptors fans, uh, kind of mm. spurring from last year's draft. Uh, you were at the draft, you know, the, the party yep. at Amway when Scotty Barnes was selected number four overall by Toronto, and Magic fans just erupt now knowing that we are going to get Jalen Suggs. You're telling right. Everybody just calm down. Just calm down. <laughs> just do you settle. see any of that? And what do you what do you make of Raptors fans just being so salty about the Magic being excited to draft Jalen Suggs? Okay, well, you'll have to catch me up because I'm not familiar with it at all. Dante, so you'll have we to, get, it's good for your mental health if you don't know, but yeah. Twi- Twitter okay, mentions, okay. YouTube comments daily. Raptors fans coming back to mock Magic fans being excited when Scotty Barnes was selected by the Raptors and then gotcha. celebrating when Jalen Suggs was taken number five overall. Yeah, well, you have to go back to that day and you have to realize like there was we were we were all driving to the arena thinking Scotty Barnes was the guy. Like, there's no way J- Jalen Suggs is going to be there. And you know, to me, it's more of you know you you, you end up getting Franz Wagner, so you have Franz and and Scotty Barnes, two guys are you know, kind of play the same position, right? Ideally. Uh, so you think about that, but they, they had forwards. They had, we needed a, a pit bull. We needed a, someone on the perimeter uh, to guard. We needed a guy that could be a scorer. We needed a guy with the ball in his hands. Um, and I, and I think that's a, so that was kind of when, when Scotty Barnes was off the board, it was more of for the, not only because of who Jalen Suggs is, but it's a, it was a position of need. Like we mm-hmm. needed that position and, and we needed him. And then seeing what he's just coming off playing in the national championship game. I saw 45 minutes of Scotty Barnes. I, I had no idea what the guy was capable of, right? But we knew Jalen Suggs. We saw the whole run. The last, the only game he lost was to Baylor in the national championship. So we knew all about him. We knew his athleticism. We knew his fire, his competitive spirit. And listen, it was a year that was, you know, that had ups and downs for that. But I think, you know, as far as Toronto fans go, it's easy to talk when you've, you know, you, Scotty Barnes was brought in and he was able to fit in. You didn't have to ask a ton of him, right? Because you, right away, now he contributed. He had a great year. He's a terrific defender. If we had Scotty Barnes, he'd be, he'd have been great here too. He's a terrific competitor. He seems to be a great kid that's all about the right things. But for us, I just felt like, you know, it was, it was a great fit. And to have a guy with a little more, you know, a little more publicity, national exposure with Jalen Suggs. But, you know, listen, they, they can talk about that now, but, 
Uh, you know, I think Jalen Suggs is going to come back with a vengeance. And very quickly, the tables are going to turn. And I think Magic fans are going to be able to have their say because uh, obviously the, the, the whole story has not been written yet on Jalen Suggs. And I, I say watch out for the league next year. I really do. You're 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 telling me exactly what I want to hear, Dante. Can you just continue with that? Can you tell me what you think of Jalen Suggs? Yeah. What we might see out of Jalen Suggs year two? Well, he's a competitor. See, first and foremost, like the guy will not quit. He is relentless in his pursuit, and he will not stop until he improves every weakness in his game. So he'll go over game film. He'll pour over game film. I guarantee you he's been in the gym since the season ended, and he's working on everything that he perceives is a weakness and, and so at least something that he needs to strengthen. And I think, you know, shot selection, that was a big thing for him. When to shoot, when to facilitate, when to drive, when to set up for my teammates. Um, and, and, I you know, do I settle for threes or how to get to the basket? That was a huge priority for him. And he just completely recommitted himself when he was out six weeks with the fractured thumb. And then he still had another couple injuries that kept him in and out of the lineup. But it was a guy that was starting to figure it out right before he got hurt. And I think he, I think he's going to continue to weigh that balance. Now I think if you got him playing with Markel Fultz all summer, going into training camp and starting the season and taking that the, those lead point guard responsibilities off of his plate, now they can play off each other. He can bring the ball up. Markel can bring the ball up. You know, But next year, if it's, you know, if it's Markel and Jalen Suggs out there together, and I don't know who it will be next year, but uh, th- think about how, how much less pressure he's going to have on him than coming into it this year. Hey, by the way, here you go. Now the basketball is in your hands. So I, I think it's he's got a year under his belt, and he's too much of a competitor. And already, you know, you talk about you know Scotty Barnes and all that all you want. They they look at the offensive numbers, and he's a great defender. Jalen Suggs is by far the best defender on the team. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the game already. You know, so that's only so you've already got that. If nothing else, that's a phenomenal person to have in your backcourt. And then once he figures figures it out offensively, you know, it, I I think the you know the sky's the limit for this guy. So I, I want to ask you, Dante. I asked we had Dan Savage on the show uh, last week. A great time as always with Dan. I asked him. I said, Dan, going into next year, what are your expectations, or maybe not what are your expectations, but what do you think the ceiling? of this team is with a, you know, fully healthy roster, right? Yeah. This all rides on the the ifs, ands, and buts. And the biggest one being, can the Magic stay healthy? And not only can they stay healthy, can they come into the season healthy? You got question marks with Jonathan Isaac. Is he going to be who, right. you know, is he going to be back opening night? We hope. Is he going to be the same player? We hope. But yeah, kind right. of what, in terms of obviously your opinion plays a role here of what you think J.I. will be, whatever it might be. But kind of what is the the ceiling for this team going into next year? Well, I you know can they be can they be Cleveland? Can they can they catch lightning in a bottle? Can they add a key veteran? Can they can they you know strike lightning here in the draft and mm-hmm. add a guy that just fits? You know that was something that we thought this year. Could we you know you expect them to struggle and to get the pile up losses and when you play young guys that's typically what happens. But the, the caveat was or could this thing gel quicker than we think? You know could we stay healthy? Could we gel? And we saw signs, certainly, when this team had its full complement, what it's capable of doing. You know, and then the last 10, 15 games of the season was simply about getting a look at other guys. So you kind of lost all of those games there towards the end. Um, but I think if, if, if you're fully healthy and now you're coming in and now Franz and Jalen have a year under their belt and they kind of know what to expect. And now if this, if this guy meshes, whoever you draft here... Could be, you know, he's going to be top six for sure, but could he be one, two, or three? Could you get one of those top three guys? 
Um, and then how well does he hit the ground running? Do, do you have success like Mobley or Barnes did or Cade Cunningham this year? Um, then could you know could you be in contention? Could you could you could you be battling for a play-in spot or or maybe find a way to get seven or eight? I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. Can they? You know, can they be a lock and get five or six in the playoffs? Anything's possible, depending on who you add. But I, you know, I think that I don't think they're ready to make that jump yet. But can they, with some luck, with some health, can they be competing for that ninth or tenth spot in the Eastern Conference? I think you'd take that if you're a Magic fan, just being in contention. I, I think you're, I think you're all in on it this year, trying to get, you know, trying to try to pile up as many wins as you can. And I, I think they could be, could be in that battle for sure. Dante, you mentioned the draft, and we won't ask and get into specific prospects, but what what do you think uh, your philosophy is heading into the draft? Are you looking for the Magic to fill a particular area of need, or are you just looking to draft best player available? Well, for me personally, I mean, this is why I'm not in the draft room, because I would come in there and say, I would watch everybody, and I would say, who is the best shooter? I don't care about anything else. I need a guy that can step on the floor and repeatedly knock down open shots. That's my guy. I don't care if he's 5'8 or 7'8. I don't care. I don't care about any of that other stuff. To me, to me. But that's why I'm not making those decisions. So I, I think, but I do think they value that. And you heard Jamal Mosley, I think it was the last uh, pregame press conference of the season where he said, shooting, shooting, shooting. All year. I mean, all offseason. That's what these guys are going to be working on. And I think that that's obviously for us, that is a huge, huge area of need. And something that I, I it needs to be addressed in some capacity, whether it's internally, whether it's through the draft or through free agency. But you've got to add some shooting. So for me, the guy, yeah, it's great if he can do all the other things. And you want a guy that can defend his position and multiple positions and rebound. And it'd be great if he had length and he was this and that. But to me, can the guy shoot? And I think mm-hmm. that's that. You know that. You know if if it was me, but I, I you know, I'm not calling those shots and. You know, I would have taken Luca Garza with the first overall pick last year because of, of the season that he had. So that's why they don't ask me. But that is a huge that is a huge need for us. They don't go by need. They will take the best player that is on the board, the person that they feel is the best player. And I, you know, you can. There's a number of ways to address your needs. So if you don't get that particular piece in the draft, then you have to attack it with free agency or trades or whatever. Um, but to, but you know that that to me is is what I would go for. But they'll I guarantee you they'll take the best player. And if the best player available is the best shooter, then even better. And I think you've you, you've really landed something there. Well, uh, Dante, we have just you know, I have one more question for you here before we let you go and kind of start to wrap up. But I wanted to ask. Um, obviously, last season, you know, with COVID and restrictions of media and things like that. Um, these two seasons looked a little bit different for you, uh, yeah. I'm assuming. So um, kind of what was that adjustment like getting back into the what you were used to? And what, how much, I guess, did you, did you realize how much you missed it until it was taken from you during that COVID season? Like what was this season like for you kind of adjusting back to reality a little bit? You know what? It was an eye-opener when we had to finish the games in the bubble, right? So we played those eight games and then made the playoffs against Milwaukee. Um, so we weren't there and now you're calling it off a monitor and you're in an empty cold arena uh, with everybody playing at the Disney bubble and no fans and that was 
you know, we, we know how much the fans mean and how, how valuable the fans are to this entire operation. We get it, how much, how valuable they are to the team. But to us, the energy that we get every single night off the fans is is what we live for. That's why we do this. And when we didn't have that for those eight games and then on to the playoffs, uh, that, you know, it, it just further cemented that. I, I don't think we ever lost sight of what the fans meant or how hard it would be. Mm. Then the next year you could have a few back. So now it's 1,500 and then it was 4,000. And those mm-hmm. 4,000 sounded like 50,000 when you had an empty gym and you go to that. You know, so that that was great to have that back. And then just to be able to mingle and interact with a couple fans on a game night was great. And then this past year, you know, having the arena, we had a lot of sold, we had a lot of sellouts. We had a lot of big nights in Amway Center for a team with 22 wins that won 12 games in their home building. Uh, to, to have the, the, the turnout that we had. I mean, Orlando showed out this year. It was awesome. It was great to see. And when they came, they were loud. End of, ends of games were phenomenal that last quarter of the season. Um, so I, I think that interaction, that gave us fuel, and we, we, we certainly lived off of that. And I, you appreciate it now more than you ever did. And then it was strange for me. It did go back to normal, but then I didn't travel. I didn't travel with the team. So every road game, I went to Tampa into our studio. So that was another mm-hmm. adjustment, but that was great. And, you know, the people that worked that studio were fantastic. But having fans back, being able to interact with them, and at the end of the season, not having to wear a mask and see all the smiling faces. And we did a, my last moment of the season. We had about 20 or 30 fans all around the desk. And that was probably one of my highlights of the season, you know, getting to show everybody and the excitement in the building. So that that's what does it for us. And, you know, we never lost sight of that, but it was drilled home even more, certainly, these last couple of years. Dante, a couple of quick questions before we wrap up here. We know you're yeah. a big Tom Brady guy. I just wanted yes. to ask you, what was uh, the day that Tom Brady retired? What What was that day like for you? Was it a day of mourning? And then what was it like <laughs> Like 20 seconds later when he unretired? Yeah, right, right. It was crushing. I, it was crushing because I just, you know it could happen any year, but I just never thought this year for some reason. The last six years, I thought he was going to retire. And this year, I said, well, he's not going to retire now. He just won a Super Bowl. And, and when he loses and doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, he always wants to come back. I think he'll retire after he wins it, uh, but I, but not, not not off a loss. So I just thought, you know, he'll be back, no problem. And then to hear he was retiring. But then the way he did it, it just kind of left a... I, I just thought he'd be back. Not this soon. I thought he'd be back. I've said since he left, he's going to come back and be a Patriot. So at some <laughs> point in his career, I couldn't be more wrong about that. Turns out it might have been Miami, if anything. But um, but then I, we're getting ready to go on air. We're, I think it was halftime. I forget what game it was on. We can look up the date, I'm sure, and see. Literally 30 seconds before I'm about to go on air, and there's a couple of Magic fans right outside the desk, and they go, Dante, look at this. Tom Brady's coming back. And I'm like, come on. Yeah, right. That's how I found out. Like, they yelled it wow. to me 30 seconds before we went on air. And I'm like, there's no way. And then I see him freaking out as we're kind of going over highlights, and I'm kind of glancing out of the side of my eye. And <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe that he was back. And then it's crazy how we got there, but I love it. I, I just think it's great when our when our heroes can keep playing. you know. Yeah. And he's not had the decline yet, like Peyton Manning, Brett Favre. Like, all these guys kind of fell off a cliff in that last year. He's not had that, so why not? Keep going. One more football when we know you're a, a Liberty alum. Uh, yeah. Malik Willis drafted to the Titans. What, what do you think of that? I think it's a great situation for him, but I'm gutted for him that he was in the green room and yeah. you know expecting to go there in the first round. You know, the, the only other Liberty player that was taken in the first round was Eric Green, a tight end. Steeler fans and maybe Dolphin fans would remember him in the early 90s. He lives here in Central Florida, and I texted him. I said, you're about to have some company here, right? And then he texted back after the first round ended. 
And he's like, man, I'm crushed. I, I really wanted some company, you know. So he's still the only guy, unfortunately. But I thought it'd be the first 10 picks of the second round. But to see him go all the way till the end of the third round, I couldn't believe it. I, and I know, you know, it's our schedule, and we don't play, obviously, the, the iron of, of the NCAA. But still, I, I think the guy can play, and the scout day was incredible that he, that he put on. He's got a cannon. He can run. He can do everything that you want out of today's quarterback. So I don't understand why he fell, but now we can watch. Right for Tannehill when Tannehill falls apart six weeks into the season, maybe he gets a chance, or ideally he gets to watch for a year or two and then he can take over. But I think it's a great fit. I love Mike Vrabel being a former Patriot, obviously, but I think it's a great spot for him. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dante, for for taking the time. It's yeah. always a pleasure to talk to you. So you know, generous of your time, always with Magic fans and with us in particular. So of course, really, really you know, appreciate it, man. What are we doing on the seventeenth? Can we do get something on uh, the books here? I didn't want to bring it up, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be at Harry Buffalo again. Um, I know no some way. of your uh, your your colleagues won't be available to to make it that night, but uh, will we see Dante Marcatelli at at the Harry Buffalo? Uh, a repeat performance. Here's my only thing: it didn't go well that's, for us. That's accurate. Night. That is accurate. Okay, but, so yeah. do we do we entertain a different venue, or do we say <laughs> can't happen twice in a row? Well, well, well uh, we've got, I mean, how many RSVPs do we have, Jonathan? We've got over 100 RSVPs, so we'll oh, be at Harry Buffalo. Oh, this is on. You guys are uh, We'll be this. at Harry Buffalo. Yeah. Well, then I'll be there. Then I'll see awesome. you there. Awesome. Well, that yeah, we're hoping great. that it, it, we're it not goes on the, well. We're not on the top floor this time. We're on bottom floor. Okay. So, so maybe the shift in, in, in altitude will help us a little bit there. You guys, <laughs> let everybody know. I mean, tell them to come out there. How, how fun was that last year? It was incredible. You guys, you guys put together a great setup. That was a lot of fun to Thank see. You. Thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then the... the with the storms, you know, the TVs went out right before the lottery started. That was probably a bad omen. So hopefully we'll get some better weather this time, you know, and the, the now, lottery balls will, will bounce our way. I didn't get to go because I live right. in right now. I'm currently in Nebraska, but I am, uh, you know, making the move back to Florida. As our listeners know, in June, my wife and baby are moving back. Um, and so on draft night, Dante, I'm hoping that I'll, you know, I'll be able to see you and get to see you. It's yeah. been a little bit since I've been able to. So um, awesome, being back man. You know, whatever whatever happens on on draft night in terms of you know if if the Magic do something, whatever it is, we'll uh, I'll I'll be looking forward to hopefully being able to see you and I'll get to see Jonathan for the the second time in my life. Um, so so that'll be How cool as that? well. Isn't that something? But, uh, well, you guys do a great job, man. You really do, and I think you've. Eh. It's great to see how your voice has risen these last couple of years, and how you guys have really knocked out a nice little following, and you guys do it the right way. So it's well, we it's fun to see. It. And listen, I, if I can tell you anything. I heard this from Pat Williams a long time ago. People don't move to Nebraska. They move out of Nebraska. So you're doing, you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing coming yeah, back. So congrats absolutely. on that. Yeah, well, yeah. thank you again, Dante. We really appreciate you, you taking it. the time, man. Come back anytime. You got it. See you guys. Thank Thanks. you. That was Dante Marcatelli. Dante, as always, awesome to hear from you. Awesome to have you on the show. And you heard it from Dante. He is going to be at Harry Buffalo May 17th, the night of the draft lottery. So make sure you and your your grandma and your cousin and your sister's cousin and everybody mm-hmm. and whoever else is at the draft lottery. If you're coming, just let us know so we can let Harry Buffalo know that you're coming. Um, that is just really always pretty helpful so they know how many people to prepare for. But, uh, but yeah, Luke, um, anything else before we sign off here? Oh, I think that's about it. Well, once again, Dante, thank you so much for taking the time. Always great to have you on the show. You are welcome back literally anytime. Keep killing it. Keep doing everything that you're doing. Uh, But for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya.
Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!